Stafford with the Girls That Create podcast on Word of Mom Radio. When my oldest daughter graduated from her toddler program, I chose a beautiful dress for her to wear to the school ceremony. The three-year-old was not having it. Instead, she wanted to wear a neon orange tutu, a green t-shirt that I'm pretty sure had a pizza stain on it, and her tennis shoes. And I had a choice, force her to wear what I picked out or let her wear what she wanted to her ceremony. In the end, the neon tutu and green t-shirt won out. And my girl had the biggest smile throughout the event, feeling very proud of herself for moving on to preschool. Looking back, I wouldn't have it any other way. This memory is why I wanted to bring on my guest today. Erica Cartledge is founder and CEO of Your Chic is Showing. Cartledge has nearly a decade of experience styling and educating hundreds of people through one-on-one services, workshops, masterclasses, webinars, and publications. Her styling expertise offers specializations in plus-size and full-figured maternity, career, and special event styling. She believes that elevated styles should be accessible to anyone, anywhere, and proudly offers all of her services both in-person and virtually. Welcome, Erica Cartledge, to Girls That Create. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I want to start, go back to the very beginning. So has fashion always kind of played a role in your life and how you express yourself? And when you were younger, was there a specific item or a style that you gravitated to that you were just felt like you were on fire when you were wearing it? Yes, I was always a child with a lot of very big opinions about what I wanted to wear. I specifically remember one year taking fall school photos in preschool and insisting on wearing my Easter dress and having this like battle royale with my mom about it. But if you look at my photo, I won and I was wearing my Easter dress. So I have always had thoughts and opinions about what I'd wear. Even when I was a kid and my mom would get dressed for going out, she would say, okay, help me pick out my outfit. Help me get dressed. What shoes do you think I should wear? Which earrings? So she nurtured that because she saw that when I was younger. And as far as what I wanted to wear, so I will tell you, when I was a kid, I was a child in the 80s. The leggings with the lace on the bottom had a choke hold on me as a kid. I wanted to wear them under shorts, under skirts, by themselves, with jackets. Anything I could do to wear them with socks, without socks, sneakers, dress suits, anything. I think I had them in every color they made them in. Even to the point where I remember for my grandfather's funeral, you know, my mom had picked out a dress and some tights and I didn't want to wear the tights. And she had to negotiate with me that I could put the leggings on after the funeral, but before the repast. So I remember sitting in the limo with my grandmother next to me and being like, am I done? and changing to put these leggings on before we went to go eat because I was finished with the tights. So that was definitely my jam as a kid. Hey, they're comfy, right? And you got the lace. It looks, you know. Very. (laughs) So was there someone's style that you admired growing up? Was there someone that you kind of saw and you were like, wow, that person has great style, just kind of paying attention and seeing someone being fully in themselves and using their, you know, what they're wearing to kind of extend that? Yeah, so I don't know that I, as a kid, recognized great style. But what I recognized was people dressing 
authentically to themselves. And so that's what I was drawn to. And even though they were TV characters, I remember looking at like Punky Brewster and Clarissa on Clarissa Explains It All and Blossom and her best friend Six. Oh, I was obsessed with Six when I was a kid. Vanessa Huxtable on The Cosby Show and watching them and how they did these cool things with their style or it was funky or they were mixing patterns. And so it wasn't so much that I said, oh, I want to emulate their style. But I remember just feeling like, oh, I want to just feel that good in what I'm wearing. I want to be confident. I want to be able to, I think Clarissa did this a lot. She'd be like, I'm going to dress puppy and smart one day. And then I'm going to be funky and wild the next day. And I remember just being like, oh, I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to wear one persona one day because I'm taking a test and I want to feel very studious. And another one where I'm having a play date. And so I want to just be fun and playful. So I think that's what I gravitated to when I was a child was more of just people being creative and expressing themselves and not having people shut that down. Yeah, I, when I'm always comes up and, and, you know, when kids are getting growing older, like that whole idea of letting them try different styles and different, in a sense, personalities, because they're trying to figure out who they are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. To answer that question. So you went to Howard University and you studied finance. How did you make the jump from finance to having a personal style business? Like, which at the same time, I cannot think of a better degree to help you get ready to be an entrepreneur than finance. So <laughs> <laughs> it worked out, I have no doubt. It, it worked out in my favor. So it's really funny. A lot of people are always like, how did you go from here to here? So even when I was in school, when I was studying, when I took jobs in the financial industry, I've always loved fashion. I've always loved style. So my friends, I was always the one getting us dressed in our dorm rooms to go out. I was always the one, oh, I had an interview. Can you help me get my suit together? So people were always coming to me and asking me these questions. And when I worked in finance, what I found is there's this piece around fashion and style that is so creative. And I mean, finance is it's lucrative, but it's not terribly creative. And so I actually started with a blog where I was documenting outfits and writing how-tos on how can you infuse your personal style when you have to be dressed up in stuffy corporate America and all of that. And so this styling as a business was sort of naturally born out of that blog. I accidentally fell into styling. I had a friend who was a sports agent and managed NBA rookies. And at the time, the NBA had a dress code. And so he calls me one day and he's like, Erica, can you take my guys shopping? And if I had stopped to think for one second, I would have said no. Because one, I didn't know anything about styling men. I only ever styled myself and my girlfriends and my mom. These are not average sized men, right? They're six six and six eight. Some of them are seven feet. Their wingspans are huge. Their feet are massive. And so you can't just go into Macy's and say, I'm going to get a suit for this guy. And so if I thought about what I was agreeing to, I would have said no, but I didn't think about it. I'm like, yeah, sure, let's go. So I ended up getting this crash course in styling, suiting, garment construction, all of these things because we had to get their stuff custom made. And what I learned was I love, love, love the styling piece of it. I loved putting together looks. I loved when they got their suits and they would come out from trying them on and just, you could tell they felt like a million bucks. I did not like working with NBA players. And so what I decided was, okay, I want to do the styling thing, but I think I want to work with women, people that are like me, people that are, you know, getting promotions and trying to become partner and all these, you know, transitions in their lives. So I went and took some classes and really got more formalized in the styling. So I still style men a little bit, 
mostly grooms that their fiancés are dragging for me, but I primarily now focus on entrepreneurs, mompreneurs, high-performing professionals. How did you come up with the name uh, Your Chic is Showing for your business name? So, okay, hopefully there's not too many children watching this, uh-huh. but it, it was like a total fluke. So my friends and I, I had known I wanted to start this blog, and I was like, I don't know, all this thing. We were at a gas station, and someone had really short shorts on, and he's like, oh, my God, your chic is showing. And I was like, that's it. Your chic is showing. Like, you're cool. Your style. It, that's what's showing. That's what's radiating. That's what's elevating. So it's a very cool name. Um, but I, we literally oops up on it. At <laughs> hey, that's sometimes how the best names come about, though. So. And you, you know, uh, um, I know what it is. Thank you. <laughs> I was going to say, I noticed on the site, so your style philosophy is chic isn't an adjective, it's a way of life. Can you expand on that? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we sort of hear this idea people say, oh, when you look good, you feel good, right? I like to say, when you feel good, you look good. But every area of your life should have you feeling good, right? So when I say it's a way of life, I mean, I don't want to live in a house that feels inauthentic or chaotic to me, right? I don't want the spaces that I'm entering, the decoration, everything should represent you. Everything should feel true to who you are. When people come into our home, people go, oh, we know Erica decorated this, right? Even, you know, down to our, our children's rooms, and there's still kids' rooms, but there's color themes and aesthetic and things like that. When I say it's a way of life, what I really mean is you should look for the elegance and the fun and the authenticity. And if that means, yeah, every day we eat out of porcelain cereal bowls, even if it's cereal, who cares? Don't save the fancy dress and the fancy shoes and the fancy cups and the fun things for that special moment. Every moment that we are here is a special moment. And so every moment is a celebration. And so we should really live our lives that way. And so that's what I mean when I say it is a way of life. I, I just, whatever feels good to you, feels authentic to you, feels true to you, should thread through in all the things that you're doing. I think as uh, parents and caregivers, one of the things that's uh, challenging when you're raising kids is that, you know, in the beginning, you have complete control over what they're wearing. You know, you're putting them in the, you know, the cute outfits and the baby gifts and just, you know, what you kind of, a little bit, your style is rubbing off on them. But then you come to a point where suddenly they are embracing their own identity and choosing their own things and what they want to wear, hence the leggings with the lace. And I would love to hear your thoughts about why it's important to give kids that space where they can really, you know, we kind of mentioned it earlier, but trying out that identity and what they like and how that, you know, is tied into confidence and just what, it can be hard as a parent to let it go, especially when you're getting society oh, yeah. to look a certain way at certain things, but yeah. you kind of have to pick your battles, which I think is what your mom did. Yeah, a hundred percent. So I think, you know, there's two reasons I find fashion and style really incredible ways to teach our kids to express themselves. So number one is, like you said, you're tying things on, you're trying to figure out, you know, who you are, how you want your clothes to be and represent you. And um, as adults, what I find when I work with clients is so many adults that I work with, they don't know who they are. And that's because they play dress up and try to dress how they think they're supposed to be. So a lot of my clients who are in executive positions when we go through their closets, they say, well, I have this because I thought everyone was supposed to have a black power suit or 
I thought everyone was supposed to have a blouse like this and not because it's authentic, not because it feels good. They will never pull it out of their closet because they don't like wearing it. And so when you are a child and you let them do that, they can grow their confidence in who they are. The other thing is just like adults change and our preferences change, they're kids. So, you know, now as a 40-year-old woman, I probably am not going to pull out my leggings with my lace on the bottom, right? The other thing it does is it teaches them it's okay to change and to be different and to grow and move. So I really think that's important. The other reason I think it's important is because at the end of the day, when we are raising children, we are trying to raise people who are confident in their abilities, confident in their decision-making, and confident in who they are. Letting your child pick out their clothes is a really low-risk way for them to learn how to be confident in the decision-making. And so as parents, we want them, one, to make right decisions, but two, we also want them to be confident in those decisions. So I let my kids pick out what they're wearing every day to school. It's a low-risk way for them to be confident and like, yep, I'm going to wear these shorts, this t-shirt, this Batman cape, and my rain boots, and feel good about the decision. Now, as a parent, I can help them think about what are good decisions, what are bad decisions, but I've already started to build that confidence muscle. So then when my kid is a teenager and their friends are making decisions that we wouldn't agree with, my child can be confident in saying, no, I'm not going to do that because that's not who I am. And they're confident that they can make strong, right decisions because we've guided them in the kinds of decisions they've made, but we've let them be confident in making the choices sticking to it. And so that's the other reason um, I think it's really important to just let kids wear what they want. Also, you have a child for such a short amount, right? When you think about the feet, expanse of our lives. Childhood is not that long. And I don't, why squash the creativity? Why squash out the fun? Squash out the adventure? It's such a finite point. I want every moment for my kids to be magical. I don't want their memories of their childhood to be like, I remember arguing with my mom about what I was going to wear to church that day. And I want their memories to be like, man, those cowboy boots I wore every day for six months my favorite thing ever and so I just so many people are going to try to squash so many things out of our kids we should not so tired that's very great advice in your work you focus on empowering clients to know their body type and what looks best on them and I think you're kind of uh you know in the previous answer kind of sharing like obviously let kids have you know the freedom to um, experiment but then also how as we as parents can kind of help them also figure out what it's kind of a it's, a, it's like a very delicate tightrope like you want to help them like see, like be exposed to different types of styles and fashions, but you don't want to feel like you're too overbearing on them. So how would right. you recommend kind of helping um, navigate that? Here's some ideas about what's kind of, you know, um, in the shops right now and things you could think about, but at the same time, be, you be you. What would be your advice on kind of walking that tightrope? Yeah. So the way I do this, so we have three kids. They're three very different children with three very different styles. And it's funny because as a stylist, people think my kids will wear whatever I lay out for them and none of them ever do. Um, but one thing I do, especially, well, really now with all three of them, they're 13, 12, and almost four, is I take them and we go together. And I say, you pick some things, I'll pick some things. And that's exactly the same thing I do with my clients, by the way. And we talk about why they pick what they pick, while I pick why I pick what I pick. And then we try things on. 
to say, okay, you picked this because you saw your friend wearing it, but maybe that feels a little tight. Could we find something like this that has a better fit for you? Oh, you like these things. Let's, oh, I love that too. That's so cool. I never would have picked that for you. Or sometimes they say, oh, I never would have looked at that, but yeah, can I get it? And I feel like when you approach it as a partnership instead of a dictatorship, the children are much more open to it. Now, our almost four-year-old, he's like, I want colors and no hard pants. And that's it. So no jeans, no khakis, those are hard. But, you know, he's very different than our daughter, who's like, yeah, I'm a girl, but I don't want to wear really dresses and all this kind of stuff. Like, I'd like a little more edge and streetwear and school sneakers. That's fine. You know, meet in the middle. And sometimes, so it's also much easier the one time a year I may ask her to wear a dress or a jumpsuit, it's so much easier to get her into it because everything else is a partnership. So she's like, yeah, okay, I get it. We're going to this dressy thing. I'll put on the dress for you. We're going to take a short break to thank our sponsors, and we'll be right back with Girls That Create on Word of Mom Radio. Hi, everyone. Erin here. Support for this show comes from Elevate Alliance. It can often feel lonely being a small business owner. That's why I joined Elevate Alliance to find support and sisterhood with others who are taking on similar challenges. Elevate provides community, accessible learning, and support in integrating more conscious business practices, all of which have benefited my career and girls that create. Elevate Alliance is a community of brave women entrepreneurs who are channeling our feminine wisdom to run our businesses, create social change, and find joy in who we are and what we do together. Visit elevatealliance.com. That's E-L-L-I-V-A-T-E, alliance.com, to learn more. She is brave. She is bold. She is you. And we want to tell your story. Are you ready to share your journey with us on Word of Mom Radio? Go to wordofmomradio.com and register as a guest. We want to tell your story because when you win, we all win. Healing Through the Arts, a wonderful creative program by Arte Gallery and sponsored by Visit Bucks County down in New Hope, Pennsylvania in February, March, and April. Join the team at Arte Gallery and showcase wonderful artists who are healing problems through the arts, whether it's a sickness and illness, miscommunication, barriers on cultural divides or racism or things. Everything is addressed through the creative process. Join us for classes, lectures, and beautiful displays of healing through the arts at Arte Gallery. For more information, log on to artegallery.com. That's A-R-E-T-E gallery.com. Unsilenced Voices has been working diligently in Ghana, Sierra Leone, Rwanda, and the USA to combat domestic violence, sexual abuse, and human trafficking. We currently have over 50 young girls on a wait list in Sierra Leone to go through a vocational training program to get them off the streets and out of harm's way. We have gifted over $33,000 to U.S. survivors and are looking for volunteers and donors to help us continue our cause. Please visit us at www.unsilencedvoices.org. Again, unsilencedvoices.org for more information. Don't let the name fool you. Stadiumbags.com is not just for sports fans. Our clear bags make it easier for you to get into any venue that you go to. And in today's world where we are so concerned about germs, the materials that our bags are made with are strong enough to stand up to the solvents that you can use to clean your bag so you know you come home safely. So check out stadiumbags.com. You'll see why we are the clear choice. 
because safety, it's in the bag. And we're back with Girls That Create on Word of Mom Radio. My guest today is stylist Erica Cartledge, founder and CEO of Your Chic is Showing. Helping women cultivate confidence through fashion. So I'm now thinking like flipping my brain to the moms and you know, even aunts and grandmothers, <laughs> everyone else. You help women cultivate confidence through fashion. Tell me about your closet detox process. I saw that was something you offer. I would just love to hear a little bit about that because um, I know it's something that you've kind of done. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So closet detox is a signature program. And so what I always say is that what I do is 20% what's in your closet, what you wear, what we put on your body. It's 80% what I call heart look because a lot of times, what most of the time, almost all of the time, how we feel about ourselves, how we view ourselves shows up and reflects in the clothes that we're wearing. You know, we get messages if you have a certain size body, oh, you have to hide your body. You have to take up space. You don't want people to see you. Or, you know, you're in certain industries or careers. Well, you have to look this way so you can be taken seriously. And so a lot of times we take all of that junk on and then it manifests in what we wear. So when we do a detox process, there's an actual physical process of detoxing the clothes out of your closet. So looking at the things you haven't worn in the last six months and talking about why you haven't worn them. The things that are so ratted and tatted, like why are you keeping them in there? Are there sentimental things? So there's like a physical process of detoxing the closet, but there's an emotional process too of detoxing the closet. Why are you holding on to a bunch of clothes with the tags that you've never worn? Is there something deeper there? Are you over shopping? Well, why do you over shop? So I did a lot of unnecessary shopping in the pandemic. Why? Because I felt like I could control my wardrobe when I couldn't control anything else around me. We need to unpack that right? Okay, your wardrobe is 85% black. Is it really because black is your power color? Or is it because you're scared to be noticed and you want to blend in? Or the other one is you have a wardrobe full of statement pieces and everything is black and in your face and stands out. Do you feel like you weren't seen? Do you feel like people don't see you? And so you have to do things to overcompensate for that. So it's a detox of your closet, but it's also a detox of all the junk that's inside of you because we can't get to the real true authentic you and allow you to feel confident in who you are until we pull out all of the junk. So my clients always joke, they're like, if you haven't cried with Erica, you haven't worked with her. But it's because so much of our emotions are tied to clothes and, you know, and our wardrobe. I think it's interesting. Yes, you can learn a lot about someone if you just kind of went in and sat in their closet and just kind of looked around at all the things in the closet. It is so, it's actually like really, really intimate. And people, like, that's what they say. They're like, the only other person that maybe sees my closet is my partner. So it is, people are letting me into their bedroom, but they're really giving me a peek into their lot and how they feel about them, how they think about themselves, how you see yourself. And that can be really powerful, but can also be kind of scary. And I think that kind of leads to my next question is how is, you know, being kind to yourself, how does that manifest in your wardrobe? Because it's real interesting. I've never really thought about those threads connecting, but in reading about your work, it becomes very apparent that it's so intertwined and it's important to, as you were saying, acknowledge that. Sometimes women are really hard on themselves and we do kind of use our wardrobe sometimes as a almost like either a, a strange punishment in a sense. I feel when it should be something we should be celebrating and, and joyful about. Yeah, absolutely. So I think when, first of all, women in general, we are not tied to ourselves, right? And think about the voice that you hear the most in any given day is your own. 
And I think I was reading somewhere that like a person has call it 20,000 thoughts in a day and like 70% of those are negative thoughts. And so if you have 20,000 thoughts in a day, 70% of them are negative and you talk to yourself the most, guess who gets the most negative thoughts and negative words? It's you. And so then how that manifests in your wardrobe is you look in a mirror and you go, oh man, I got jiggly arms, can't wear anything that sleeveless. Oh man, I got this tummy. I got to get some baggy things and some black clothes to hide it, right? Oh, oh, if I wear dark colors, I'll look smaller and slimmer. I don't want to stand out. I can't wear a print, I, right? So the unkindness then manifests in what we wear, which then reflects how we show up because you're not showing up from a confident place. You're showing up from a place of, I have to hide all of my flaws and I don't want anyone to see me, right? So the first thing I tell my clients to do is we have to say nice things to her because what goes in is what comes. And so I always give my clients an exercise. I say, anytime you walk past something where you see your reflection, so you're washing your hands in the restroom, you walk past the mirror, you walk past the window, say something nice to yourself because you're starting to reverse the negative thoughts and put positivity in you. And so when positivity goes in, that's what comes out. So instead of looking in the mirror and being like, oh man, my arms are really jiggly today. You're like, oh girl, your skin is glowing today. What? Yeah. Oh, you're really cute today. Look at Look, And you start saying nice things to yourself, which then changes what you wear and how you show up in the world. So I think that's really, really important. The other thing I, you know, try to get to my clients is I don't teach people how to hide. If you look at my headshot, I'm in a neon yellow dress with a print on it. There's no hiding, right? But what we teach people to do and what I help my clients do is we teach people where we want them to look. So it's not that I'm teaching you to hide your belly. What we're saying is, oh, we're going to pick a beautiful accessory so people can't help but look at your face and see your smile. Oh, we're going to put on a great suit so people take in the entirety of your outfit instead of focusing on an area that you don't want them to focus on. And so I think that also helps change how you show up and soften ourselves to ourselves. So we live in a really visual world and there's so many different images and messaging that are coming our way and, you know, the girls we're raising coming their way. I would just love to hear your thoughts about how to walk girls and also our friends too, because I think even though as women, we are really aware of the filters and the airbrushing and the editing, we know all that and yet we can still feel ourselves comparing. And it doesn't do any good. And I would just love to hear your how you kind of walk through approaching that and then how you also help your daughter do the same. Yeah, there's so many messages. There's so many things that we see. Social media, TV, magazines, if people still read those, right? Uh, and I think what for my daughter has been important is showing her and surrounding her with all different definitions of beauty, but doing that in real life so that she can see People are real people. They're not these airbrushed, glossy, perfect images. And so I think for her, that helps. I think for my friends, we always like, it's funny because my husband's like, when y'all get together, it's like being on a sports team in the locker room. Because y'all just hype each other up. Like you want, you're like, hey, hair, hey, lipstick. Oh, you look good. Oh, that's cute. And I think so much of that reminds people that they are beautiful in and of themselves right where they are. The other thing I do, I do this on my social, but I also do this with my kids because even like I do that, they see my headshots, they see photos, they see my clients. 
those those photos are edited, right? I let them in behind the scenes. So I will take them. So our son, sometimes our older one, not the little guy, he'll come with me and he'll shoot me. And then I'll say, okay, let's look at how we're going to, why we're touching this up. And sometimes it's lighting is harsh or this thing or that thing. But I let them see so that they can see nobody is showing up how they appear. And this is the process behind it. And this is what it looks like. And sometimes I intentionally show up without a face and without a makeup and all of that. So that, again, they can see this is real life and however you choose to be is perfect. And I think that's really, really important. I think the other reason I do that is because people in our generation, we saw the images and we didn't know there were Photoshop and they were cropping here and they were doing this and they were doing that. So we were sold a bill of goods that we are now trying to unpack as adults. If I can teach the kids, they're trying to sell you this bill of goods, but let me show you the real deal. By the time they're adults, they won't have to unpack that. And I think that's the difference is they have access to so much more information. Let me give them the information that will be helpful to them in navigating adulthood and hopefully take away some of that comparison piece. Yeah, it's definitely yanking down the curtain and seeing the wizard, like in the Wizard of Oz. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Understand this is all been uh, constructed, construed, and all for a purpose to make this look the right. best it can. Yeah, that's such a good way to think about that. That is such a good way to think about that. It's just, yeah, you're pulling down the curtain on the wizard. And also, people look pretty darn good without all the filters. Then there's that as well. I think the filters yeah. is an interesting development that I've watched. I mean, because we, you know, we grew up with the printed page, not with all this new online stuff and all the filters. So yeah. I agree with you. The more we can educate kids about understanding filters in general and do you really want to show up your entire online life with a filter because that sounds exhausting yeah. to me I think that's something yeah it's worth a well, lot of questions like, about if you show up online that way then you have to filter your real life too mm-hmm. because the people that maybe know you more from online than real life when they do meet you in real life they do see you in real life they're expecting this perfectly filtered version so I feel like it's doubly exhausting because then you've got to keep it up even when you're not online. Exactly. Trends. Do you love them? Do you hate them? <laughs> Do you recommend that we just take what we like, you know, hey, you know what? I like a good flannel. I liked a flannel when I was in high school. And, oh, look, they're back again. It's the 90s. Hooray. Do you just pull, you know, maybe one or two things you like from a trend, but don't get too caught up in them? What are your thoughts on trends? That's exactly it. So here's what I tell everybody. I'm like, if there is a trend that you love and it resonates with you, rock it. Do not convert your whole wardrobe to the trend. Don't invest serious amounts of money into the trend. But if you like it, I love it. And the trend that's not for you, leave it alone. It's not, no trend or no amount of trends is going to be made for everybody in every single post, right? So the reason there's trends in five or six different things all at one time is because it's meant to appeal to different types of people, right? So at the same time, you have Alicia Silverstone and Peppy Plaid, grunge and golf was a thing. Those, they would never, you know, be wearing the same thing the other person's wearing, and it's both fine. So yeah, take what you like, get rid of what you don't. Personally, a lot of the 90s nostalgia that's coming back or the, the trends from the 90s feels nostalgic to me. So I might grab, um, you know, a pair of slides, like my Steve Madden slides from middle school, but I'm not going to, you know, start investing in super low rise jeans or something like that. I didn't do low rise in the nineties and I'm still not, definitely not doing low rise now. <laughs> that would be the one trend that I'm just like, we, we, we did that so you don't have to. 
<laughs> yeah, kids. <laughs> so what is something that you would recommend every woman have in her closet? That it would be a good, like just something um, good that you can build off of. That's always kind of a good go-to something that's a classic. That's always just smart to have. Yeah. So this is going to frustrate everyone because shopping for this item is a pain. But when you find the item, you're like, this is it. I think every woman should have a great pair of jeans that make her feel like a million bucks when she's wearing. I know the quest to find the right jeans is torture. But I also know once you find the right jeans, you always feel great in them. And they're versatile, right? Like the lines between casual and dressy are so blurred, especially after the pandemic. It is so easy to dress them up. It's easy to wear them casually. The right, great fitting pair of jeans, there's instant cool factor, and you don't actually have to try very hard. So I would say a great, well-fitting pair of jeans. The other thing that I would say is every woman should have something that is signature to And so that will be different depending on what it is. For me, I love high neck blouses. So when I want to feel polished, when I know I have, you know, a big meeting or I'm pitching to the corporation or all of that, I will pull out a tie neck blouse because that's like my power piece. But that's my thing. You might be like, I don't like things around my neck. My power piece are these awesome red glasses, right? But I think everybody should have something that is signature them that makes them feel incredible anytime you put it. What are three pieces of advice you would give to a girl who dreams of becoming a personal stylist? Like they're like all about it. That is my career dream. Number one, play, dress up, and dress your friends. Here's why. Playing dress up is actually the best way to come up with new wardrobe and style ideas and combinations. Most of us just stop playing dress up when we're not kids anymore. And so what I really tell even my clients is playing dress up and putting together different looks in a low pressure environment. So most people stop when it's high pressure. Oh, I have an event. I got to go buy an outfit. I got to find the perfect thing, right? But if you just do it when there's no pressure environment, you'll get new ideas. And the only person that knows you looks nuts is you, right? So girls that are interested in it, play dress up. The other thing, dress your friends. Here's why. Everybody has a different body type. So you can learn how to dress and highlight different body types. I get so many clients who come to me and say, you know, I worked with someone in the past, but they are used to working with, you know, models or people with this body shape and they didn't know what to do with me. You will be light years ahead if you dress your friends and understand their body shape. So that's number one. Number two, I would say learn how to do things digitally. So the pandemic changed a lot. And one thing is now styling is more virtual, it's more digital. So I have a lot of clients that don't live where I am. I've created digital solutions for how we shop together, all of that. So anytime you can see technology or different tools that you can learn to put into your arsenal, I think that's so smart. The third thing is, and I always tell anyone that's sort of interested in being an entrepreneur or learning this for them, doing something for themselves, you don't have to just like break away and do it. You can do a yes and so you can work a job and run your business on the side so you get to a point where you can do it. And I think a lot of times people think it's either or, and I say embrace the world of yes and. And so I think don't feel like it has to be an either or. Oh, the fourth thing. Can I get the fourth thing? Of course, yes. There's so many different, there's so many different types of stylists. 
So figure out what resonates to you. So there's, you know, celebrity stylists who do what I do, but they focus on celebrities, right? There are wardrobe stylists who do television and TV shows. There are stylists who do merchandising and lay out and decide what clothes are going to go to the mannequins. And then they tip for the retailers and tell them, this is how you set up the displays, right? That's visual merchandising. There's so many different types of stylists. Also figure out what resonates to you. I have a friend, she works exclusively with like NBA players and WNBA players and football players. There's nothing that sounds more miserable to me than doing that. And having these, all clients are demanding, but they're like a different level of demanding, right? There's, there's nothing in the world that sounds more awful than that to me. She's like, I would never want someone who's a C-suite executive at a Fortune 500 company because that feels like so much pressure because they're going on television and some board. So figure out what your sweet spot is and learn about all of the different types. And there's so many cool jobs within fashion. That is fantastic career advice. Erica Cartledge, thank you so much for being here on Girls That Create today. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was really my pleasure. To all of you tuning in, thank you for joining us on Girls That Create on Word of Mom Radio. Let's all express our amazing selves with our beautiful styles. We will close out with our theme song from Smith Sisters and the Sunday Drivers. Till next time, this is Erin Prather Stafford. She is sure. She is strong. She is true. She is brave. She is bold. She is you. She is sure. Then, Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.